As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Today's episode is all about the three biggest bottlenecks to scaling your business beyond a million. So if you are at the level of, I'd say between one to two and a half, three million a year in your business, this is going to be for you. You know, if you made it this far, it probably feels like you are constantly slowing down to speed up, but you have bigger goals. You want to continue rapidly growing at the pace you are accustomed to, and you want to keep the momentum that you've had up until this point. But every single day in your business, literally, it feels like another bomb is dropping, another fire has to be put out. You feel more overwhelmed by the minute. You find yourself being really confused. You have more team than ever, but are working more than you've ever worked before, even though you pretty much hustled your way to get to the level that you've gotten to thus far in your business. You're frustrated that things aren't happening smoothly, team is dropping the ball, and you're starting to see some real gaps in your business. The hard part is that you're used to operating inside of your business in a certain way, and that way got you to where you are today. So in your mind, you've got to keep going. You're always paying attention to what has worked in the past, but what if there is a better way? What if there's a way to grow with less stress and overwhelm, with less frustration, and with a well-oiled team? It does start with you. Totally starts with you. There are two main levers that will drive growth beyond a million dollars a year in your business, and those two levers are process and people. Oftentimes, the bottleneck involves one or the other, or sometimes both lack of process or lack of the right people or lack of the right people in the right seats or lack of training the people and properly onboarding them, lack of properly communicating with and leading people. At this stage in the game, it's not about how you continue to become successful. You've already figured out how to do that. Now it's about how do you help your team become successful so that your business is also successful. So let's dive into some of the most common bottlenecks that I see inside of companies that I do some strategic advisory with and you know, management consultant, change management, team management with. I'm gonna go through those and I have a bonus one as well. So it's really four, but two of them are in the same category. I pretty much see the same things happening behind the scenes in this size of a company. And it's a bit of a crunchy place to be because it it really is true. What got you to a million dollars is not going to get you much further than that. So if you have goals of getting to 5 million a year, seven and a half, 10 million a year and beyond, if you have goals and dreams of selling your business one day, a lot does have to change, but we want to look at it from the perspective of simplifying so that you can multiply. So again, when I go behind the scenes in a business, at this point in my career, I'm never surprised or shocked about what I see because I really do see the same tendencies, behaviors, habits, 
I actually see a lot of the same thoughts that are running the show inside of the mind of the CEO. And honestly, I really should have made one of the bottlenecks, the mindset of the CEO, the mindset of the founder, or you know whatever you call yourself, a CEO, a founder, an entrepreneur, the business owner, the person who started the company and is leading the company. Oftentimes, the biggest bottleneck is the thought life of the entrepreneur. Another way of saying that is the entrepreneur is assigning meaning to activities or to people or to what they see happening inside of their business and the meaning that they're assigning to that activity or thing or outcome or result or piece of feedback or person is what is ultimately running the show. And your thoughts are driving your feelings. So if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel frustrated, if you feel irritated, if you feel angry at people on your team, if you're feeling any of those emotions, really take some time to pay attention to and become very self-aware around your thought life. What are the thoughts you're thinking? I do not believe that overwhelm is a feeling. We don't feel overwhelmed. We are thinking thoughts around overwhelm. Therefore, the thought about overwhelm is causing the feeling of overwhelm. Overwhelm is not a feeling. It's a thought. Frustration isn't a feeling. It's a thought. There's a thought that you're thinking that is creating the feeling of being frustrated. And if we can create feelings from thought, then you can think the thoughts that are going to create the feelings you desire to feel in your business. So if you're in an if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner who's constantly feeling overwhelmed, who's constantly feeling like you're being stretched too thin, who's constantly feeling stressed and frustrated by anything and everything, the first place you want to take a look is the thoughts that you are thinking. Are they really true? Are you sure that those thoughts are true? Who would you be without those thoughts? And really sit with that and learn to self-manage and self-regulate those thoughts and feelings. That will be an episode for another day. But ultimately, the actions and behaviors that we are taking inside of our business as an entrepreneur, it is being driven by the thoughts that we're thinking. And what I'm going to share today it really is stemming from that place. So let's dive into these three bottlenecks that I see. This is not a complete list, but these are three that I see the most often and pretty much see it everywhere I go. The first uh, bottleneck is communication. Oh, and as I'm diving into this, the bottleneck typically stems from the CEO. So you typically don't have a bottleneck that... Uh, isn't directly connected to something going on with the CEO or something that's coming down the pipeline from the CEO. So oftentimes the CEO doesn't think they're the problem. They think that every single thing outside of themselves is the problem. They think the team is the problem. They think the economy is the problem. They think external circumstances are the problem. They think things that are outside of their control, outside of themselves, are the problem. And when we think that everything outside of us is a problem or in order for anything to change, the circumstances have to change or the environment has to change, then what we're doing is we're not taking 100% responsibility for every single thing that's going on in our business, even if it is going on with someone else in our business and it's something that we're not even touching. We still have to take 100% responsibility. So let's dive in. Communication is one of the biggest bottlenecks that I see. And oftentimes, the bottleneck with communication comes in because the business owner is 
saying what they want and they're saying it out loud to a team member and they only say it one time and they don't say it again and they walk away and in their mind, you know, they got that thought out of their mind. They gave the directive to the team member or the employee. They want to go forget about it and they just expect that the team member is going to take care of that. Now, if it was just one thing every once in a while, that might work. But the problem comes in when the business owner is giving lots and lots of directives all throughout the day, um, whether it's in the format of a voice note in Slack or it's any type of voice note anywhere. And oftentimes the CEO tends to give directives to team members through voice memos. I see that all the time. And that's really typical. That's really normal. Oftentimes CEOs, not all CEOs, but lots of times CEOs are external processors and they're very, very auditory and they like to speak out what they're thinking inside of their mind. Where this becomes a problem is if you leave a voice note that has a series of five, six, or seven different things that you want someone to take care of or check in on, or you leave five or six back-to-back voice notes that all have three, four, five things that you want someone to take care of, and, and they're all in different categories, or they involve lots of different people. Now, you may be thinking, well, it's that team member's responsibility to sit there and listen to what I have to say, to be able to decipher it, to anticipate, to write it all down, and then go make it happen, and go make it happen in a very unrealistic frame of time, quite frankly. That isn't going to work. I know for me, I am just not, I'm not auditory at all. And I don't, I don't know many people who can just hear a bunch of information all throughout the day, stack on, you know, the other four days of the week without having to write it down. You know, when I say something to myself or I have an idea or I have a thought or I want to, um, you know, go, go take care of something, a goal, I have actions that I need to take. I don't remember anything just because I'm thinking about it. I have to actually write it down, uh, whether it's writing it down in Asana or it's writing it down in notes on my phone, or it's, I even leave myself private messages to myself from myself inside of Slack. When I'm having a conversation with one of my clients or one of my client's team members, or I'm sitting in on a meeting, I will actually give myself private messages, writing down exactly what tasks I need to go take care of because it's not being provided to me and it's not being provided to another team member. So if we know that we are people who have to write things down to know what action to go take, your team is also going to need it in writing from you as well. We also don't want to stop at just saying to people what we want from them because each person who hears you give that particular directive, they're each going to interpret it in a different way. So if you're speaking to me and there's three other people in the room or on the line and you're talking, we are all three going to hear something a little bit different because we're all going to put it through the filter of our own lens, our own perspective. We're each going to interpret it in a different way somewhat just because um, of our preferred processing style or preferred learning style or preferred listening style. The other reason why we may be putting it through a different lens is because of our own mindset and our own limiting beliefs or what's currently going, going on in our world. So you absolutely need to say it and you need to write it down. You also have to reinforce it with repetition. So we cannot just 
give a directive to someone by voice. We have to write it down as well. So you want both. And you also can't just give it to someone once and walk away. You can't do that. So you either you have to keep repeating it or someone on your team, like an executive assistant or an operations person, they have to keep repeating it. We all know that when something is said once, we don't even believe it. And you, if you think about your thoughts, let's say that you know someone comes up to you and tells you that you suck. Are you actually going to believe it? Are you going to believe it? Like if somebody walks up to me on the street tomorrow and I have never met them, I've never talked to them, I don't know them, they don't know me, and they just come up and say, you know what, you suck. Or you know what, your hair looks awful. Am I going to believe them? No. But if I was hearing it from a lot of different people every single day of my life for a really long time, i.e. repetition, I'm going to start to believe it. We know that with changing our thoughts. We know this about changing our habits. If you want to have a habit of uh, drinking a gallon of water every single day, you're, you're going to have to do that every single day for a period of time before it becomes a habit. You can't just tell yourself, hey, self, go drink a, a gallon of water today. Because I tell myself that every once in a while, but I'll sit here and drink two glasses of water throughout the day and that's it. So we really do need the power of repetition because everything has to be enforced. So communication is probably the biggest bottleneck that I see inside of a company. And typically it's a communication that's coming from the CEO down to other people in on the team. My, my bonus uh, bottleneck is in the category of communication. And this is what it looks like. Too many meetings and side conversations. In fact, I was in a peer group today. There were four of us. We uh, have a peer group. We meet once or twice a month. And we actually hadn't been meeting for about the last six to eight months or something. Our schedules just didn't work out. And we decided, we're hey, let's kick this thing back in. So we met today and we were just catching up and talking about a lot of the changes and evolution that each of us had been making in our businesses over the last six to 12 months. And one of the uh, business owners on the call said, you know, about two years ago, I had eight full-time employees and herself. And she goes, it was just like constant meetings. And she said, you know, it was like we were having meetings about meetings to have more meetings. And we would get to the end of a meeting. We would just set up another meeting to talk about it further, but nothing was getting done. And then all day long, we were having all these side conversations And it was taking up five days a week, just meetings and constantly talking to all these people on my team and making sure everybody was doing what they were supposed to do. And she was, she was making seven figures a year doing that a little bit more than, you know, she's probably making like 1.5, $2 million a year, something like that. And she said, I had everything that I wanted, but I was so unhappy and it was taking so much effort and so much stress to get anything done. And so she put a pause to that. And she said, you know what? I'm going to go back to like bare bones with the team. And she got really clear on the type of company that she wanted to lead. She got really clear on how she likes to function and the type of person that she wants to work with. And she even said, you know, I don't have set hours that my team has to work now. I uh, do not have a 30-day onboarding training and development program, which she had before like a boot camp style training and development program when she would make a new hire. And she said, now before she hires someone, she says, look, there's no training. 
I don't have a job description. You're going to have to jump in and you've got to be the type of person who figures this, this role out. We'll figure it out together, but are you cool with that? And what she's doing is she's attracting people who like to operate that way. That works when you bring a team member on who can create their own role. It doesn't work if you bring someone on who has to be directed and guided constantly and needs to just fit themselves into a role and a training program so that they can do the job. But it's really important that you understand how you function and the type of person who's going to function really well with you and the culture and the construct of the business that you have put together. So we also see you know, so many meetings happening all the time. And I'll, I'll give you another story really quickly. I entered into a business where I was doing some strategic advisory and a lot of the strategic advisory included working with the team members. And one of the things that I recognized, and I was also hearing it too from the CEO, is that we're just having so many meetings and I'm so tired of having meetings all the time. And look, meetings are important. There are certain meetings that you definitely want to have. Um, But you shouldn't be in meetings all day, every day. Meetings should only be taking up about 15 to 20% of your time in your business on a weekly and monthly basis. And 80% of your time should be spent getting done what needs to get done. And so when I paid attention to what was going on, you know, I also recognized some other things with the team. So we made a whole lot of shifts with team. We, you know, changed some of the roles that people were playing. We offboarded some people. We onboarded some new people and onboarded an agency. And it drastically reduced the number of meetings that we're having. But where I want you to be really aware is if you are constantly, two things, are you A, constantly complaining about having meetings all the time, but then B, you're also constantly calling meetings to happen because you're not clear or you need to know exactly what the process is or you're not understanding. And oftentimes that's what I see from CEOs. They're complaining about too many meetings and nothing's getting done on the meetings and there are no action steps following the meeting. And they're also the one who's constantly calling more meetings. And they're also the one who's consistently having side conversations with lots of different people on the team, but then the most important people on the team who needed to be in on that conversation, they weren't on it. And then a lot of things are getting lost in translation. So if you're having too many meetings and side conversations all throughout the day, your team or even the agency that you've hired, they actually can't get their jobs done. You're inserting so many distractions throughout the day that you're preventing that team member from getting momentum, testing to see what's going to work or not work. You're you're preventing them and slowing them down from implementing an actual strategy and completing the projects assigned to their role. Uh, I was chatting with a client the other day, and we were talking about uh, one of the things that I do sometimes for clients, it just depends on what the needs are. Um, I also have a background in curriculum development. And so sometimes I will work with a client where it just makes sense for me to create some of the content that they are teaching in their programs. Not all of it, but every once in a while, some of it. And I said, look, I'm going to be really clear about this because we have a pretty tight timeline. I can't create amazing curriculum and content for your paid programs if in like these hour, little hour blocks of times here and there, bouncing around, you know, from meeting to meeting or consistently being distracted by lots of side conversations. I said, I, I really need like one to two full, undistracted, uninterrupted days. And I can do it really quickly and I can do it really well, but it's going to take me weeks if, if I, if I am not 
if I don't have that undistracted time. So it's so important that you are setting your team up for success instead of constantly having those side conversations and constantly having those meetings. Um, and, and be really, really clear. I want to add to this, be very clear on what your expectations are for that person. Be really clear on what the on what you're training them to do. And are you the one doing the training? Reiterate your expectations to your team. Clearly communicate the vision. Clearly communicate the wins of your clients, the mission, and where the company is headed. But where you don't have to go is getting too involved in the day-to-day just minutia and nuances. And that really leads us to the next point here that is another big bottleneck. And it's being too involved and doing things the way you've always done them. And where I see business owners being too involved with team and too involved with the day-to-day of what's going on. And when I say too involved, I mean too involved with like every single post that's being made on social media. Um, what, what pictures are being chosen? Um, did a reel go out? Um, constantly asking questions about like why we don't have more comments or more followers or more eyeballs on our stuff. And just and, and just hitting on that over and over and over again. That's what I mean by too involved. Now, when you're at the stage of being under $10 million, you know, you still have a pretty full-time job. Uh, You shouldn't be completely extracted from your business to the point where you're not even communicating with anybody on your team at all, except for like one person. And you're letting that one person lead the rest of your company and your team that you're leaning back way too much. You're stepping back way too quickly because it's still going to take you and it's still going to take your involvement pretty heavily in order for your company to get to 10 million a year, if that's your goal. But I'm talking about just the nitty gritty stuff. That's what you don't need to be too involved with. And you've got to be really careful about paying attention to what you're used to and what you're accustomed to from the past, especially if it was like, you know, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, because technology changes so quickly, social media changes so quickly, everything in business is evolving so fast, including you, including your audience, including your clients. I mean, people are evolving at warp speed. You've got to be very conscious and aware of, are you just moving forward and thinking that things aren't working or your team isn't doing what they're supposed to do because they're not doing it exactly the way it's always been done in the past? because you are addicted to that, or that's all you know. And the other place I would really pay attention to from a perspective of being very self-aware is, are you allowing yourself to be that heavily involved with just the day-to-day functionality of what each one of your team members is doing and what they're producing and the action steps that they're taking? Are you so involved? Because if you step back, it, it would actually give you free time and you don't know what you would do with that free time. And that's something that oftentimes I will point out to a client of mine because they don't recognize it themselves. They keep saying, I want more free time, or they keep saying, I don't actually, they don't say I want more free time. They say, I don't have time. Well, if we're putting things in place for you to have more time, you are resisting that. And you're resisting that by constantly getting entrenched 
into every single daily action that every single one of your team members is taking all the time. And if we can put processes in place, if we can put procedures in place and the right people in place, and we can extract you from that layer of the business, it is actually going to give you what you say you want more of, which is time. But oftentimes we will see the business owner resisting that. And so they they don't know. And sometimes I even see this happening. They may find their value and their worth from being just constantly involved and inundated with business. And they don't know where they would find it. They don't know where they would find their significance in their own life if they weren't that involved with the business. So that's something to just really spend some private time with yourself, paying attention to whether or not you have that same tendency. You know, the other thing about being too involved and doing things the way you've always done them, this is really true. If you have hired A players on your team, or you've brought in an agency or you brought in a done for you consultant or advisor or service provider if you're if you're hiring a players who have a greater expertise in particular areas than you and oftentimes we you know we are hiring people or we are partnering with a service provider because they have a greater expertise than we do in that particular area in that particular category in our business And so that person really does want to be able to shine. They want to be able to do what they know how to do and do it best. They also know how they do it best. They know how they function. And and that's how I operate too. When I come in as a strategic advisor, I am heavily involved with my clients. I'm heavily involved with a lot of the day-to-day in the business and and their team. I mean, I'm even doing some recruiting for team members and and some helping of offboarding and onboarding new team members. So I'm very heavily involved and I know how to do what I do best. And I know how to do it in the way that I know how to do it because that is what works best. It's, It's why I'm brought on because I am the expert. And if the business owner isn't letting that happen, that is the fastest way to push an A player out the door. Now, what an A player does want is an A player wants positive feedback. They also want feedback in in areas where they could be improving. They want that feedback from you. They don't want to not hear from you at all, but they also don't need you to check in on why they're doing every single thing that they're doing because an A player doesn't need you for that. So keep in mind what got you to a million or two million or three million a year was a lot of you doing all the things. And I know that you're used to that. You're used to telling your team exactly what to do, approving every tiny detail, not letting the process play itself out. And in order for you to catapult and accelerate beyond that million-dollar level or 2 or $3 million a year, that really is your work to do. Uh, the last thing that I will share that is a big bottleneck uh, that will prevent people from scaling beyond a million is focusing on too many large projects at one time. Um, another thing, it, it really in the same category, it's having too many different offers. So to, to the entrepreneur, oftentimes every single idea that pops into their mind or that they desire to put in motion, they want to put it in motion now. It's urgent to them. It's It's their idea. But if we are trying to implement and move forward too many large, significant projects all at one time or in a really small period of time, what happens is we overload our team. 
And it doesn't matter what the size of your team is. I'm not suggesting that anybody needs to go have a large team. I mean, you can build a $10 million company with just a handful of people on the team and you, and, and you're not all stressed out wanting to poke your eyeballs out and pull your hair out. But you've got to have a really great sense of who you have on your team, uh, the roles and responsibilities you have covered. What are they already doing? All Are they already maxed out? Are they motivated enough? Do you have leaders on your team or do you just have doers on your team? What does their workload currently look like? Uh, do you have the right systems and processes in place? Do you have the right people in place? And are you going to add one more thing to their plate that is just going to tip them over the edge and it's going to completely overwhelm them? The thing that's really important for you to understand as the business owner is that your team members are never, ever, ever, ever going to fully express to you how they actually feel. And I learned this because when I audit companies, I interview every single team member. And what I hear from the business owner is that Uh, Well, what the team members are telling you, they have never told me. And I've told them all the time, you can come to me anytime. You can tell me anything. Like if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling stressed out, if you're frustrated, like come and tell me, guess what? They're not ever going to. They will, however, typically tell a third party. Same with your clients. Your clients are very similar to your team members in the sense that they're not fully going to tell you everything. But if you bring in a third party to interview your clients, that third party is going to find out everything. And that's one of the things that I love so much about my role as a strategic advisor and consultant inside of companies is that I get to work so closely, sometimes with my clients' clients, but certainly with my clients' team members. And I get to hear how they're truly doing in their position, how they're really feeling, and how they are functioning inside of the business. And oftentimes I hear that they're confused, they're overwhelmed, they're stressed. I've heard people say before that they have gone down on their hours, especially if they're a contractor, because it's just too stressful and overwhelmed. I have heard team members tell me that the last uh, team member that really was running the whole entire show actually exited and left because they were so stressed out and so overwhelmed, but the business owner doesn't, they've never heard that before. They just think the person left because they had another great opportunity and they don't realize that that person was just stressed too thin. So it's very easy to put too much on the plate of your team. So you've got to have a really great sense of each person individually, how your team is functioning as a whole, and do they even have the time, the capacity, and the bandwidth to move forward what it is that you desire to move forward. Now, it doesn't mean that you've got to squash your idea. It just means maybe it needs to go into the parking lot. Maybe it's going to be a great Q3 activity or a great Q4 project or even a 2024, like a next year project. It's not even going to fit this year. So it's so important that you understand what the priorities are and also what's going to drive an ROI. And again, is every single single idea that you have, is it going to drive ROI? Or is it not? And it's going to take up a lot of resources. Is it going to take time? Is it going to take money? Is it going to take team resources? Because if it is, and it's detracting your team from the things that they're doing that do have an ROI, that do move the needle forward in your business, then you really have to question that as the CEO. You know, you you're certain team members are going to speak up and say, hey, I don't think this is a great idea. Uh, and especially if you've got a consultant or a strategist, they'll tell you that. 
but oftentimes you are the one who's going to have to make those decisions. So that is so, so important. So quick recap here, the biggest bottlenecks that I see that prevent people from scaling beyond a million, two million, three million a year, it's communication, too many meetings and side conversations, being too involved and doing things the way you've always done them and focusing on too many large projects at one time before checking in to see if A, it has an ROI and B, if it's going to overwhelm your team members from executing on the projects, tasks, and activities that do have an ROI to come over and do something that's going to take away from that. So if you love today's episode, I would love for you to share this out. You can uh, take a screenshot, share this on Instagram or Facebook, tag anybody who you think really needs to hear this episode today. Leave us a review. Let us know what you love. Clearly, you can hear that I do not do ads. um, And the best way for us to grow our listenership and get the Built to Last show into the lives of other entrepreneurs just like you is for our listeners to share. So I appreciate you so much for sharing this out on your social channels and to those who you feel that might greatly benefit from it. And if you are looking to have your own audit inside of your business and move away from being so overwhelmed and so stressed and and just really stretched too thin. You've gotten yourself to this point and you feel like you're working more than you've ever worked before. And you really want to find a more simple, satisfying, uh, fulfilling, fruitful way for you to function and operate inside of your business so that it can scale to the next level. Be sure to reach out directly to me. You can do that on Facebook, Instagram, or email me at hello at thewealthbuilderscollective.com. And we can have a conversation about how myself and my business partner can come and serve you and support your growth as you are scaling your company to the next level. Until next time, remember to design your business and life so that it is built to last. See you next time. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.